Welcome to What We Think, brought to you by Martz and Lundy. Martz and Lundy is a strategic consulting firm committed to advancing the field of philanthropy. We help mission-driven organizations build the capacity they need to achieve their highest potential. In this podcast series, our experienced consultants and special guests will share insights on current opportunities, trends, and challenges in philanthropy. Welcome to this Martz and Lundy podcast. Today's topic is characteristics of high-performing institutions, by which we mean characteristics that are shared in common among organizations that consistently achieve exceptional advancement and philanthropy results. I'm Doug Stewart, chairman at Martz and Lundy, and I'm delighted to be joined today by two of my favorite colleagues, Martha Vogley and Don Fellows, both senior consultants and principals of the firm. Don and Martha, thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks for inviting us, Doug. Thank you, Doug. It's good to be with the two of you, albeit virtually. Absolutely. Martha, Don, and I are frequently asked about characteristics of high-performing institutions. So we put our heads together and we came up with a pretty extensive list and it falls into five broad categories, leadership, goals and accountability, resources, volunteers, and culture and values. Today, we'll go over each of these briefly. And if you want to find a complete list of these characteristics, it's available on the Martz and Lundy website. So let me start off with a few thoughts about leadership characteristics of high-performing institutions. I think first of all, academic or institutional leadership must be engaged actively in development. And related to that, advancement is seen as an enterprise-wide responsibility, not just the responsibility of the staff in the development office or the alumni relations office or the advancement office. So the president, CEO, top officers and boards are all engaged actively in advancement. Advancement leadership or development leadership is also included in institutional decision-making and not simply as Don put it, handed the invoice for aspirations or hopes. So development leadership needs to have a place at the table when institutional strategy and decision-making occurs so that we can understand how philanthropy might shape the outcomes of such strategies. And finally, leadership doesn't just have goals, but it has aspirations grounded in a strategic vision so that development doesn't end up being the tail that wags the dog. It is, it is serving the strategic vision of the leadership and the institution. Martha, let me turn to you for some thoughts about goals, accountability, and resources. Thanks, Doug. Um, uh, what we often will see in high-performing institutions is a um, very strong adherence to the discipline of goal setting and the statement of clear expectation and understanding of those goals. So you can ask anyone in the organization, you know, what are you trying to raise? What are you trying to accomplish? Um, and uh, it is well understood and well shared um, uh, uh, attribute of the program. 
Um, similarly, there are performance metrics in place that, that govern the way the development or advancement staff behaves that, that are not um, punitive, but are encouraging and fair and appropriate to the size of the, uh, the organization and its goals. Um, advancement is, uh, is also well managed with high levels of accountability and, and leaders are, are encouraged and feel empowered to compare program progress and metrics with industry peers. So in other words, to do good benchmarking so that they understand what's, what's out in the marketplace. And that, that discipline around goals and accountability creates strong clarity and a shared ownership of the direction, a shared roadmap that unites the team. Uh, similarly, under uh, the topic of resources, which you introduced earlier, I'm surprised at how often uh, we see organizations that expect uh, high levels of return and performance from their advancement operations, but haven't properly resourced them. Uh, in high-performing institutions, we always see the, that advancement is, is provided uh, good, at least reasonably ample resources to do the job of maximizing engagement at all levels, that's from um, low level participatory giving to uh, major and principal investment grade giving. Um, and that the institution makes a commitment to that consistent and sustained investment in engagement and philanthropy. It's always surprising to us to see how often we see advancement operations under-resourced or, or frankly misunderstood, not seen as a, uh, they're seen as a cost center and not as a revenue producer. So um, we, we are uh, big believers in, in measuring fairly and in providing adequate and fair resourcing for, for development operations. Don, why don't you tell us a little bit now about um, the use of volunteers and the importance of culture and values in high-performing institutions? Great, thank you, Martha. Uh, volunteers uh, is one of these major categories that we've identified and uh, like to talk about. It's actually one that, in my opinion, has changed the most in the in the 30 plus years that I've been in this business. Um, and I'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, but when we look at institutions, the higher performing institutions, uh, there is definitely a strong level of volunteer engagement, and you see it at the highest levels. So whether it's a, a board of trustees, a board of regents, a board of directors, regardless of the type of institution, these are individuals who are deeply engaged with the institution. They're highly valued by leadership of the institution and staff. Um, there's a lot of back and forth, uh, good transparency between the institution and its volunteer leaders. Um, and, and the institution has to be open to, uh, to hearing the uh, advice from these, from these volunteers who are so important to their mission. Um, you know, you, you, we've all kind of joked about, you know, there's the advisory board set up to raise money, but nobody on the board knows that. They're there really because uh, somebody wants them to do fundraising, but, but won't tell them about it. Um, but advice isn't really what's being sought after. And you don't see that in high performing institutions typically. Um, and I, I just think this changing role of volunteers uh, for many years, um, going back even 50, 75 years or more, volunteers 
did most of the fundraising. They were, uh, there were staff and occasionally a consulting firm like ours was brought in, but the role of the staff or the consultant was uh, more about supporting the volunteers. Volunteers did prospect rating. This was before we had uh, the current analytical methods to do that. Um, they identified donors, they introduced fundraisers to donors, but they really did much of the soliciting as well. And that's changed dramatically. We now have large professional and very competent uh, staffs that do much of this work. And the role of volunteers has shifted uh, as part of that. And so now you tend to see volunteers uh, continuing in a leadership role, but frequently, uh, more times than not, they're not directly directly involved in solicitation, uh, even cultivation. I think we've lost a lot in in that transition over many years, um, and and we need to return to not not complete a complete return to volunteers being the drivers of fundraising, uh, but volunteers are critical to this process and and are a valued partner. And oftentimes, as we see in campaigns with all different types of institutions, are are grossly underutilized. The last uh, um, pillar or area of uh, these characteristics that we see in higher performing institutions uh, talks about culture and values. Uh, we spend a lot of time as consultants uh, talking about culture, uh, culture of philanthropy and what that means. And I like to describe that as um, an institution, if you were to take all of these attributes, uh, characteristics, um, I like to look at an institution and sort of give it an, a grade of A to, a to F or more one to 10, right? Where are they on uh, that evolving scale of a culture of philanthropy? Uh, the culture is so critical to effective philanthropy and fundraising. Um, in these institutions, we typically see a very high level of uh, high quality stewardship of donors and internal partners, right? Whether it's uh, faculty or program officers, um, regardless of the type of institution, it's not just an external uh, bit of work that we're doing with effective stewardship. It also affects, in, it should affect internal constituents as well. These institutions are highly donor centric. They view philanthropy as a way for individuals to fulfill their personal priorities. Um, and donors are engaged at all different levels. Uh, we like to say there should be something available for everybody. These institutions also see themselves as being worthy of significant philanthropic investment and they have confidence, confidence to talk about their aspirations uh, and to be out there and be forward and ask individuals and organizations to invest in the future through giving. Um, they also do a good job of articulating the importance of philanthropy and every most people within the institution, the internal staff, uh, volunteers and donors understand that philanthropy is an asset and is critical to the success uh, and ability to thrive of these institutions. And lastly, uh, the work environment is of high quality where, where where you have these highly progressive, inclusive, transparent policies in place and people really live them. So Doug, I'll turn it back to you. Thanks, Don, and thank you, Martha. Um, these points of distinction are detailed uh, on the Marts and Lundy website if you want to get that complete list. And I thank you all for joining us on today's podcast and hope that you'll join us again for another in our occasional series of Marts and Lundy podcasts. Thanks again and take care. We thank you for listening and invite you to visit our What We Think page at martsandlundy.com. Here you will find 
blogs, webinars, and special reports with more of our insights.